right, welcome back everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. And I'm excited uh, for our guest today, it's Steve Cutler. Welcome. Thank you, great to be here. Yeah, so excited. I've known Steve for a while, uh, many years now actually. And years ago, uh, Steve was my personal trainer. Yeah, probably more years than we want to admit. Right? I know, yeah, it's gone by so, <laughs> I mean, it seems like it was just yesterday, but when we really look at it, man, it's been, yeah, as we're talking, our kids are getting older, which means we're getting older, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, I, I'm honored to be here. I'm uh, honored that you asked me and uh, really, uh, you know, am inspired by the work that you do. So well, thanks thank for you. having me. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, and I appreciate that. But I, I really am excited for our listeners to uh, to get to know you because, you know, when you were my trainer years ago, I, I was always, I always left the session so impressed with the knowledge that you had because it seemed like no other trainer at the time was talking like you were talking. And the, and the belief systems you helped instill in me as well. Uh, I mean, uh, one quick example. I remember one time you, we were training and you, you told me to pick a weight that's really, really hard for these triceps pull downs. Oh, right. And I, I, I you know, where you can maybe get eight, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember, I, I can't remember what the weight was, but I put a lot on there and I barely could get eight. And then you said, okay, you, 25 more. And I looked at you like you're you're nuts. And you're like no, twenty five more. <laughs> I think you actually called me nuts at the yeah, time. Yeah, I probably yeah. did. I'm like yeah. I probably swore at you or yep. something. Yeah. And I ended up doing twenty five, and you were like, dude, see how we put these limitations on ourselves. Right. When you thought you were done at eight, you did twenty five more. Anyway, so this is the kind of mindset, folks, that we're going to talk about today. Um, I do need to give a shout out to our sponsor, Veracity Networks. Thank you for your sponsorship, and listeners, thank you for tuning in once again. And so, Steve, welcome. Thank you. Thank you again. <laughs> Honored to be here. Uh, great to uh, reconnect. Uh, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm impressed with what you do, and uh, honored to call you a friend. Uh, same here. So why don't you tell our listeners where you grew up and a little bit about your family life? Yeah, so I, I grew up not too far from here in a uh, town called Bountiful, Utah. Um, okay. I was fortunate uh I, you know, I had a, a couple sisters, couple of brothers, and uh, my my parents were uh, and and still are just amazing people. And I had one of those childhoods that uh, you look back on and think, wow, what a what a great time, what a blessed right. time that we had. Yeah. Um. You know, we had we we were in that neighborhood where we had so many kids around and so many friends. Right. And we would hop on the uh, the bikes and just go for a ride, or we'd go hiking or whatnot. You know, we were watching Stranger Things uh, last night. My kids, my, my daughter said, what's the deal with these kids going out on bikes and don't their parents know where they are? And I, I said, that's that's how it was when we grew up. You know, yeah. we would leave the house and just go explore. And yeah. I think back to some of the great experiences we had. Um, and it just, it, it, it was a great, uh, great yeah. upbringing. It was back when you could ride in the back of a pickup truck and not get arrested for it, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or we, we used to ride in the back of the pickup truck, or uh, my friend, uh, Lee, his mom had a, a station wagon. We'd ride backwards in the station wagon. And uh, I think back to that time, and, oh my gosh, we, we would have been dead if we got into a Oh, accident. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's, well, you know, I want to hear more about this. And, you know, for your listeners, you know, Steve um, works currently for Lifetime Fitness He's been there for how many years has it been? Gosh, coming up on 13, 14 13, years. 13, 14 at this years. Point. And right. he was the general manager for several years. And he's now over their leadership and training. And, and, and 
for those that know Steve, you understand why he's in that position because very, very good at leadership. He understands what it means and what it looks like. And, and you have a blog even that we're going to get into as well. But, yeah, I appreciate uh, that. You've been there for 13 years. Again, that dates us again. Yeah, 13, 14 years. I, you know, for a long, I, I started there in the personal training side and then I ran the club here in Utah for over a decade. Uh, now I've got a, a kind of a boring title. It's uh, called Club Engagement Lead, but essentially what that means, it, it's not a boring job by any stretch. Right. Uh, but I work somewhat as a consultant to company or to the uh, some of the other clubs to help okay. to elevate them to a higher level. Gotcha. Uh, been involved in training a lot of our managers and through leadership training and development. And so I've got some great partners that I partner with in the education arm of our company. Uh, and I've been really fortunate to to help to uh, teach and educate leadership concepts, uh, nice. business concepts to a lot of leaders. Right. Well, we will get into that, but I'm mm -hmm. again going to jump back a little bit because, you know, like I said, when I met you, you were you were saying things that I had never had heard before. I'd never heard it from because I had trainers before you, and, right? And I'm like, man, where does he know this stuff? And so you've you've been kind of like this leadership guy ever since I've known you, and which has been several years as we talked about. Let's talk about growing up. I mean, where did you learn about these things? I mean, is it something your parents instilled in you? Is, let's talk yeah, about that. I think that there's a lot of things. You know, I, growing up, I, I was a really, um, I was one of those kids that I just, I, I liked a lot of different things. You know, I was really into sports. I loved playing basketball. Uh, I remember there were times where if it was raining outside, I didn't care. I would go out and shoot hoops, and I just wanted to get better right. at anything yeah. that I did. Just uh -huh. passionate about uh, anything that I took on. I wanted to improve myself. Um, I loved artwork, and I loved drawing and painting. And uh, you yeah. know, when I got to, I, I think it was my first year in high school, my mom took a couple of my paintings to a local uh, art store. And the person that ran the uh, store said, hey, I don't know who this artist is. These are great paintings. We, uh, uh, who is this? And she said, well, that's my son. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, the uh, store owner said, well, would, would he like to uh, have a job here teaching classes and uh, doing framework and you know working in the store? So I, I, I did that and taught art and uh, you know did drawing and painting classes yeah. for, for several years. So. I just, I've always had this insatiable desire to learn, and I don't know why. I remember uh, a few years back, I I pulled out some of the old uh, shoe boxes that some of my, my papers that my mom saved were in from uh, elementary school. And one of my teachers, first or second grade, had uh -huh. written something about me, how I was always trying to read and learn right. something new, no matter what it was. So huh. I'm not sure where it came from. I know that uh, my my mom is is has always uh, worked to improve herself and is right. uh, a very loving and caring person. And my dad, uh, I remember there were times where I'd wake up in the middle of the night to go grab a snack or you know get a drink of water, and there he is out on the couch or the chair reading until right. you know the wee hours of the night. And uh, so I think I got a lot of that from them. Sure. Um, you know, my dad really is somebody that taught me a lot of uh, the key lessons in life that I, I stick to now right, okay. uh, and that I teach other people. You know, sure. we were talking about this yesterday as we were uh, at the barbecue, the 4th of July barbecue, and 
I was telling him once again, hey, here's another lesson you taught me that I'm now passing on to other people. So uh, I I was really fortunate to learn a lot of uh, great lessons from him uh, early on. I think I learned a lot of love and compassion and kindness and caring from my mom and a lot of the strength and the leadership and uh, business acumen from my dad. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that about, you know, being an artist. I remember as you were saying that, when you would, when we'd sit down in one of our sessions before we'd even got there, oh, yeah. you would draw something for me, <laughs> and you're always really out. good at, it, and you'd right. always draw in blue. Do you remember that? I do. And yeah. I'm like, why are you always drawing in blue? You're like, it's the creative color, it brings right. out the creativity. And right. I'm like, and to this day, I'm not kidding you, I write in blue, and it's because of you. Yeah. So it, it's it's <laughs> funny, but it, when we talk about learning from a lot of different sources, yeah, I've always been <laughs> fascinated and passionate about finding who's the best in that area. Right. Deconstruct and learn from that person. And uh, one of the times I, I was in my career, and I wanted to learn and wanted to grow more. I was working with a lot of people who had uh, injuries or uh, you know physical issues that I just didn't yeah. know how to fix. And so I went to California and trained with a gentleman by the name of Paul Check. And Paul okay. was at the time really the uh, you know the leading cutting edge in terms of corrective exercise and fixing problems, and I was having the hardest time retaining what he was saying. Uh-huh. And through this process, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, why am I so dumb right now? What is going on? <laughs> my brain, I've got this massive brain fog. I couldn't, nothing was sinking in. And he walked over and he looked at me and he says. You're struggling, aren't you? And I said, yeah, how, how can you tell? <laughs> how can you tell, yeah. <laughs> he says, because you've got a red pen and you're writing in red. And it, really? and I, I stopped and thought, well, you're crazy, which anybody who knows Paul knows he's a little crazy. Right. <laughs> uh, and he said, listen, red is the color of power. If you write in red, your brain will not recognize it as something that you're learning new. Colors mean something to, to, to the brain. He goes, you want to learn new, you write in blue. You want to love it, don't highlight it in yellow because yellow is the color of fun. As soon as you highlight in yellow, you just want to go out and play because yellow is, you, you look at the sun, you want to be outside. You look at people wearing yellow shirts, right. they're fun, they're exciting, yeah. right? So he said, right in blue, highlight in green. Green's the color of love. I made that shift and it was amazing from that point wow. forward. Everything I've learned that I've written down, that I've highlighted, uh, my retention has gone up several fold. Wow. So it's amazing what these little tips and tricks can do sure. and that, that I've learned from some of the great masters uh, that I've had the fortune of uh, rubbing shoulders with over the years. Dang, I have to remember that. I, I, I've been highlighting in yellow, so I need to switch that. Now. Yeah, you're probably going to want to go play afterwards, yes, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you never want to go back to it because you're like, <laughs> right. ah, yellow, I want to yeah, go play. Yeah, yellow, good. Yeah. yeah, good to know. Well, yeah, let's get more into that. You know, So you, you trained under you know this... What was his name again? Uh, so Paul Check was one Paul of my mentors early yeah. on, um, and he was, uh, you know, somebody that I learned a lot of the corrective exercise from. And okay. I, I was really fortunate. What I did, Todd, is like I do now. If I want to learn something, I write down a list of who's who's the best at this, right? Um, and I want to go learn from those people. And so. I, I created kind of buckets or lists of, okay, I want to learn in this area, corrective yeah. exercise, and I had a list of two or three people. Um, I wanted to learn a lot about bodybuilding. That was fascinating to me because sculpting yeah. a body, there was a combination of science and art that yeah. I just loved. You know, I, right. Growing up, one of my idols was Leonardo da Vinci and <laughs> the artist <laughs> and the scientist. And so, yeah. um, so I made a list of who are the people that I want to learn from. And I was fortunate enough to... Uh, I think I've hit three out of the four on my list of top bodybuilders that I wanted to learn from. You know, I, I had an opportunity yeah. to get to know the the great uh, late Larry Scott, 
uh, who was the very first Mr. Olympia. Oh, and wow. I had a chance to learn from him. And, you know, when I had my radio show a few years ago, he was a regular guest. And yeah. Frank Zane, who was the classic bodybuilder, had a yeah. chance to train Heard with Frank him, yeah. before. Uh, Ron Williams, who's a local guy, who's a uh, uh, natural Mr. Universe, natural Mr. Olympia, uh, had become a good friend. And so I just I make these lists of, OK, this is what I want to learn. Who are the best people out there that can teach this to me? And right. then I try and get in front of them. And if I can't, then I gather their information. I, I read their books. I listen to their podcasts. I do whatever I can to deconstruct and then figure out how that's going to work for me. Yeah. Wow. So that there, there comes that, that desire for always wanting to learn and, right. and keep right. learning and that. And I think that uh, that's a, a testament to you and how good you are at what you do and everything that you do. And people that know you, I mean, I, would agree. I mean, it's just, it's amazing the knowledge. Like I said, when I met with you, I was like, man, how does this dude know all this stuff, you know? And you taught that to me as well. And I've really incorporated that in my life where I, I do, I try to, I want to learn from the best. I want to read, study, and I, I, I make sure I put time into that. So yeah. it's, it's neat that you do that. And I think for our listeners, you know, if you kind of want to take things to the next level in your life, Learn from those that are doing it the best way that you know. You yeah, know? I think so. And one of the biggest mistakes that I've made throughout the years, though, is I've tried to just mimic what they would do without, um, you know, tweaking it to what worked for me. Oh, okay. And what I learned was that, well, there's great information and there's great philosophies out there. Um, you have to test everything and you have to try it out and you have to say, OK, I'm going to test this concept. Yeah, right. I'm going to run with this for a while. And I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna examine it. You know, Yvonne Sheenard, who's the uh, founder and the CEO, or well, not the CEO, but the founder and the owner of Patagonia, what, uh, one of my favorite companies. Yeah. Um, he has said several times that the hardest thing in the world to do is to live an examined life. And mm. when I heard that, I thought, what a powerful quote, what a powerful uh, yeah. inspirational uh, and motivational thought. What does it mean to live an examined life? And so, as I've thought about that over the years, and I've uh, tried to incorporate living an examined life into to my life, it really is just examining on a regular basis, whether it's a daily or a weekly yeah. reflection through journaling or through conversation, is what I'm doing working? You know, are, are my okay. inputs giving me the right output? And oh, okay. so what I've learned over the years, the the early mistakes of just trying to consume as much knowledge as possible. Um, my intent was never to be the smartest guy in the room. My intent has always been to be the person that lives wisdom and that learns something, but then through practice and trial and error yeah. and failure and mistake, uh, that I can be my best self. Uh, and I think that, the, that that was, Love that. yeah, I, I appreciate that. It, it's so difficult sometimes, especially in, in our day and age with, uh, books and podcasts, uh, yeah. so readily available, we can information dump in our brains. What I found myself doing far too often is I would load myself up with too much information and then I wasn't practicing mm. what I had just learned. Yeah. So it was, you know, essentially good stuff in, but then it was going right out the, yeah. the other side. So. Wow. Well, you know, a guy that I study and follow is Les Brown and okay. he talks about how don't just be don't just share a message, be the message. Exactly. Be what like well, you're a great example you of that, so I can see that that's, yeah, you live that mantra. Yeah, I, I do. I try. You do. Yeah. You know, and I'm not perfect at it, but I love what you said. It's like we can have all this knowledge, 
and information, but if we don't apply it and, and like you said, see if it even works for you, if it's something you're going to continue to do in your life, it's just, it's, I guess we end up being a fool. You got all this stuff, right. but you're doing nothing with it. Right. But wisdom comes from, I've got the awareness, now I'm doing something with it, and I've tested it, and it works, and now it's a part of my everyday life. Yeah, and I think the through the trial and error process, you know, I, I yeah. one, one of the things that early on, we talk about childhood, early on I, I was very blessed um, with great, how do I put this, in a, in a positive and negative way, uh, but, but both were blessings. So in a very positive way, I grew up in a very supportive family. I grew up in a very supportive um, set of friends and neighbors yeah. and whatnot. But at the same time, the negative aspect of that is I uh, had a lot of uh, what we call, Carol DeWick in her book, uh, Mindset, talks about as fixed mindsets. Mm -hmm. And a fixed mindset is essentially if I believe something that is completely fixed. So for instance, for me, growing up, I uh, was told over and over and over again by many well-meaning uh, teachers and leaders and people, hey, you're a great artist. And so I believed that fixed mindset. And so yeah. what that meant was that when I created a great piece of artwork, uh, or something I thought was great, or something other people thought was great, then that fed into the fixed mindset. But as soon as I didn't, then the psyche fell apart. Okay. And then when you're in a fixed mindset, you either uh, do what we all do, where we either fight, or we flight, or we freeze. And so if it was a fight situation, if yeah. somebody was critiquing something, I would want to argue back. Uh, if it was a freeze moment, maybe it's in the uh, classroom and I just didn't feel comfortable saying something and I would just freeze. Or the flight would be I would just retreat into my room and I would paint and draw and paint and draw, um, not for the sake of becoming better, but to, quote, prove other people wrong. Oh, and so I realized um, after reading DeWick's book a few years ago that I had this fixed mindset in many areas of my life. Now, the antithesis or the opposite of that is the growth mindset, which is that through work and effort and uh, doing the right things that we can grow in any area or any aspect. And so, you know, I made the mistake very early on and throughout uh, adolescence and childhood and early adult uh, of holding on to too many fixed mindsets mm, and in okay. different aspects, different areas yeah. of life. So, you know, fast forward, I got married, we've got three kids, I yes. hadn't drawn or painted for years and years, and then one day I thought, I'm gonna do this again. And as I started into it, I was awful. <laughs> I, I couldn't draw anything, right. I couldn't paint anything. You know, the, the only artwork that was out there really was when I would, uh, like when I was training you or other yeah. clients, and I would sketch out concepts sketch or ideas, stuff, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> And they were probably horrible, but <laughs> what I what I, uh, I realized at a certain time as I started to examine my life is that I had this fixed mindset in my artwork, mm. and so I finally just uh, burned away that idea that I am a quote good artist and said no through hard work and through effort, I can create what I want. Oh, I can love that. do what I want yeah. to do, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take. Uh, trial and error and failure and then success comes later. Yeah, uh, so I've, I've been a big fan of failure and you know I failed many many times in many areas of life. Right, um, and have learned from those things. And I think that um, 
that that's really the key is yeah. test it. You know, you take an idea, but then test it out, try it. Yeah. Uh, and through those failures, we can examine and see where, where we didn't do well yeah. and then take that next step forward. Yeah, it's ultimately how you get better. It's it's a concept I talk with my clients a lot too is like how life happens for you. Right. It's yeah. all happening for you. Yes, it may look like a failure in the moment, but ultimately if you learned from it, it really isn't a failure ultimately. Exactly. But in the moment it felt that way and it, you know, cuz you couldn't quite do it, but as you've learned through this, you look back and go, "Wow, I'm glad I, you know, had all these struggles and these trials because it it's made me who I am today." You right, know, that much stronger, and I think that that. So I read something recently. Uh, do you remember the TV show MythBusters? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, what's the guy's name? Jamie, uh, uh, or yeah. no, the other the other guy, um, uh, I can't not the one with the big mustache. Anyway, right, the, the other, other guy. Dude. He's starting a new TV show. <laughs> so I was reading this article about uh, what his new TV show is going to be, and he talked about failure and success, and he mm. said, you know, in the scientific process that we use. We don't call it failure and success. We call it a different iteration. So we did one iteration of something. It didn't work quite right. So then we move on to the second iteration and then the third. And I love that concept. And I've yeah. adopted that ever since. Yeah, I've been teaching uh, that to uh, <laughs> some of my uh, the folks that I work with and some of my clients. Sure. Uh, and let's recognize the failure. It's okay to recognize yeah. we all fail uh, yeah. at things. But now let's just recognize it and say, hey, that was the first iteration. That didn't quite work. Let's go to the second iteration. Let's improve it. Let's modify it, and I let's make it. it better. Yeah, I think I think scientists have an old saying that you know, I, I actually get excited when I failed because I just learned something. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I learned what didn't work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Story of our lives. Yeah. Right. right. Very cool. <laughs> Well, so let's, so, you know, you've been at Lifetime Fitness and you're now, you've kind of shifted roles a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you know, you, you started out being, you know, the, the, you know, training people, you know, physically and mentally and spiritually. Right. Now you're more in a leadership role for the company. Let's talk about that shift and, and, and then what that looks like. Yeah. So it, it was interesting. I, I think uh, when you and I first met, I was working at a, uh, a local health club uh, called mm-hmm. Life Center. And in fact, I think you had TJ uh, yeah. Buxton, the general yes. manager, uh, owner of that on, on your podcast. Yeah, he was on. Yep. What a great guy. Um, yes, I, we awesome. all love TJ and, and Mindy and the whole family there. And I was really fortunate. They gave me a start in fitness. Uh, you know, before yeah. that, I was working uh, in people's homes doing personal training, and TJ gave me my start. Yeah. Um, and so I did that for for uh, quite some time, and I've been in the fitness industry now almost a decade, uh, or excuse me, almost two decades. And I really had an opportunity to grow and cut my teeth on overall uh, health and wellness and strength and mindset and uh you know uh, progressing people through the personal training so when i went to lifetime part of the reason why i went is i wanted to be able to expand my ability to influence people uh at the time i was training a lot of folks i had a radio show on saturday mornings it was getting out there i had right. i, I had that. co-authored a uh, book with a group of folks uh called the power of champions yeah um, and I just, I, I wanted to help more. And yeah. so I said to myself, what can I do? And then it hit me that if I learned how to do the business really well, and I could make an impact and help people to have jobs that would yeah. then go impact other people's lives, if I could teach other leaders, then that would cascade out. Right. And really the genesis of that, uh, Todd, came from 
years ago, as I was sitting down and I was uh, writing down, you know, what do I think my mission, my vision for my life is? You know, what's my real purpose? Um, again, I was really fortunate by a tough situation early in life that I don't recall, but it, I've been told the story. When I was two years old, uh, my mom came into the room and found me on the floor and I wasn't breathing. And mm. she um, did CPR, resuscitated me, and for the next several months I was in and out of the hospital while they figured out what was wrong. Uh, which my friends will tell you they've never figured out what's wrong with me because, you know, <laughs> just looking right. at me, it's tough to right. tell. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I felt very fortunate that not only did my mom give me life, but she gave me life twice. And oh, I got a second wow. chance on sure. this world. And so I, as I was sitting uh, in my house one day, pondering and thinking, what is my life about? What do I want to do with my life? Mm -hmm. It hit me that the reason I'm on this earth is to help transform millions of people's lives. And when I, when that uh, voice inside of me spoke that to me, that scared me. And I thought, yeah, oh my gosh, there's no way. I, it, because the logical side of me started doing math. At the time I was training and I thought, how long would that take? If I'm training people to do millions of people's lives, I can't remember what the math was, but I would have right. had to have lived hundreds of years sure, at my yeah. current level right. to transform millions of people's lives. So then I thought, well, I've got the radio show and we get that, we, we talk to put that, that many people. There, yeah. And then we put, you know, we got the book and we put that out there. And so, uh, but it just didn't add up. And then it hit me that if I got involved in teaching other people who could then go lead others, that's the way I can achieve my mission. Okay. And so I, for the past you know, 12, 13, 14 years, I've just had this passionate drive to help other people become better that are leaders so that they can lead other, uh, other people. So that when I'm an old man or uh, whenever I die, I don't know when that's gonna be, right. uh, I can sit back and say, yeah, I achieved that, uh, that vision for my life. Wow, that's powerful. That is a neat thing, and um, I didn't realize that happened to you when you were two. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, do, do, I love how you said your 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 mom gave you life twice. Yeah, I feel very fortunate. Yeah. I mean, we have a very special bond. Uh, I've got the utmost love and respect for her and my mm -hmm. dad. And you know, I in fact, I most of the time I carry a, a coin in my pocket. Um, mm. I, I was born in '76, and so there's the bicentennial dollar oh, bill yeah, or yeah. dollar coin that I carry. Um, a, as a reminder that that was the first time. And then when I was quote unquote, given the second chance at life two years later. Uh, so I carry that coin. And the reason I do that is years ago, um, someone taught me this concept that wherever you are, you make ripples and you make an impact. If mm -hmm. you want to make positive ripples in people's lives, just like you toss a stone into right. a lake, the ripples can extend all the way across right. that lake. And so I've had a sort of a strange ritual. Whenever I go into a new space or a new job, I take that coin that I carry with me as a reminder of what my life's purpose is. And I walk into a space and I drop it. And it's a symbolic thing for me that what I do yeah. matters. And, and it, I'm either going to be intentional and focused on that or... Um, if I'm not intentional, it's going to matter in a negative way too. Right, yeah. And so it's important that I recognize that and have accountability for what my actions are. Wow. Well, again, this is just a, a glimpse into why you are who you are. You do those things, you know, I mean, that's like going the extra mile in my mind when you say that, like I go in, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to symbolically tell myself in the world and the universe, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. This is the impact I will make. Yeah. 
And I just love that you do these little things behind the scenes. And I think those little things add up to the big things, right? And so I think so. I hope that. so anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you hope so. Well, I think they do, actually. I mean, again, to see where you're at now, like even when, when I first met you, and like you said, you had your start at the, you know, the Life uh, Center mm-hmm. with TJ. And to hear to see where that propelled you to where you're at now, it's, it's really cool to see that. Yeah, and I've been very fortunate. I mean, there's been so many people in my life that have helped me along yeah. the way that have been, uh, I mean, you know, we all have our failings and our uh, mm-hmm. growth opportunities. And I've been very fortunate to have people in my life that have either looked beyond that or have helped me to grow through those things. And yeah. so um, I think that, you know, these little rituals that I do, uh, are for me to pay back and or pay forward uh, some of the the providence that I've been given throughout life. I think nice. I've been uh, very blessed to have just amazing folks in sure. my life. Sure, yeah, yeah. We all can say that, and uh, we couldn't do it without help from others. Absolutely. So what is, you know, what does a day look like for you, Steve? Like, I mean, you obviously get yourself in this, you know, this mindset and this way of looking at yourself and, and the world. What does a day look like for you? Is there... You know, a lot of guys I, I talk with mm-hmm. in this space, they have a morning ritual or they, they, you know, they do something every morning to kind of start the day. Do you do something like that? I do. And, and the interesting thing is, you know, I've studied morning rituals. I think that's been a big thing in the, mm-hmm. uh, um, what, self-improvement industry sure, right, lately. Yeah. Uh, so I've read a lot of books on that. I've listened to uh, a lot. In fact, there was one that was uh, morning rituals of creative people. And it went all the way back to Beethoven and really? some of the, it, it was yeah. interesting and weird all at the same time. I mean, if you <laughs> right. want to, if you want to think about yeah. your heroes or people that we idolize, pardon me, their music, um, their artwork, you'll think, oh my gosh, they were strange people, which I think we're all strange to a certain degree. Right. <laughs> so what I found though, is for me, I can't keep the same ritual all the time. Uh, because I get too stale. And I find that if that becomes a fixed mindset for me. So Mm. there are a few things that I have to do every single day. Um, uh, You know, the first is I have to reflect at the end of the day. I have to take some time to reflect. And whether that's through journaling or whether that's my wife and I uh, love to go on walks together. And so we walk and talk a lot at night. And just how was the day? What happened? And it's a self-reflection. It's a time to connect. And so uh, we do that often. And so there's got to be a reflective piece to my day. I like that. At the beginning of my day, I need a, a time to set up my intention and my focus for the day. And uh, sometimes I do that in my journal. Sometimes I'll take my notebook that I use for work and plan my day out. Um, but I essentially come back to what's the main thing that I need to focus on today? Um, there's a great book out there called The One Thing. Well, I say great book. It's it's an okay book, but it's a great concept uh, just because the author repeats himself time and time again. Mm, okay. And essentially what he says is that through the uh, focusing on just one thing, and you're asking yourself the question, what's the one thing that if I do this uh, with great impact and with great power, that it will impact everything else. And that allows us to get massive thrust in our life. You know, you think about a fighter jet that is taken off from a, um, an aircraft carrier. Right. It's got to have massive thrust. It's sure. got to move very quickly, and it's got to get elevation very quickly. Yeah. Well, it doesn't do that by focusing on 20 different directions. The thrust comes in one direction. One right? direction, right. And so, That's a good way um, to look at it. 
what I, I've learned from that concept is that if every day I have one major focus that I'm going to do that aligns with my goals, aligns with my vision, then I can have massive thrust uh, in that particular area. And so every day I have to have some time to think about what is the one thing that I'm okay. going to accomplish. Cool. Or one of my... Um, one of the people that I've studied for many, many years, a gentleman who just recently passed away, his name is Charles Pollican. Uh, and Charles was a leading health and strength uh, coach. Uh, okay. But his mindset training was amazing. And he said, you know, what he did every day was he would say, what's the one thing that I'm going to be proud of at the end of the day? Mm. And so I've adopted that as part of my questioning that I, that I do in the morning. Wow, uh, as I look back, what will I be proud of yeah. at the end of the day? Wow. Uh, and then every day, uh, I have to move. I've got to, I've got to exercise. I've got to move my body. I split my right. movement up into two different segments. I'm either doing something to train myself, whether it's strength or cardiovascular, and then the other is just activity. And so I track my steps and the yeah. activity, just so that I make sure that I'm not getting too lazy and that I'm <laughs> constantly moving. Right. I think. Uh, you know, being in fitness, a lot of people say, oh, well, it's got to be easy to stay in shape. Well, it's not. I'm an old guy just like you are. <laughs> I, right. I have to move. I have to work out. I yeah, have to watch I gotta, what I eat. And, right. uh, you know, now uh, into the, going into the mid-40s, I've got to watch what I eat even more. So movement has to be a part of it. And then just conscious of what I eat, uh, yeah. which consciously means that I eat donuts from time to time. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Uh, you got to you enjoy what you have. Got to enjoy uh, a donut every now and then. So... Um, those are kind of the key cornerstones. Okay. So I would say my morning routine, like uh, my evening routine, and my daytime has those elements to it. But how I do it depends on seasonality. You know, sure. uh, it depends on my uh, what I need to accomplish. There are times where my morning routine is more extended uh, in the winter time because it's darker longer. And so I spend yeah. more time in the morning prepping for my day. Prepping for the day. Um, in the summertime, yeah. I prep as quick as I can so that I can get outside and walk or go for a trail run, uh, and get as much sun, enjoy it while yeah, we have it. Enjoy you know? what I can. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that, uh, what you said, um, you know, uh, what will make me? What will I be proud of by the end of the day? Is that how you said right, that? Right. Right. What's the one thing that the uh, one I can look back to and be proud of at the end of the day? Man, what, so for you listeners, I mean, if, I think if we just incorporated that, and I'm speaking for myself right now too, mm. if I incorporated that in my morning ritual, because I do something too, and you know, and I think you know this about me, I'm like this all or nothing kind of guy. I'm all in. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I think I struggle with the fixed. I'm fixed. This is the way I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. You know. But I love how you have that flexibility piece in there, and I think that's important. But I, I, I want to incorporate that into my morning ritual. I love that. Yeah, it, it's really powerful. I think one of the things I've, I uh, observed about you years ago that it makes you really good at what you do is that all in. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's funny because yeah. in our in our day and age, we have this concept of we want this great balance in life. And I, I'm not a big believer in that. I think that there needs to be some harmony there. You know, you sure. think about a great symphony. My wife and I love to go to the Utah Symphony and um, sit and listen to the great music. And, and there's never balance in there, but there's harmony. It, yeah. it flows well together. There's a conductor gotcha. that's making sure that the music flows. And whether it's an amazing piece by, from Chopin or Beethoven or whatever, there's harmony. And I think that's yeah. how our lives should okay, be. Like and so that. when you think about what does that look like, it's got to be different for everybody. I think what, what I've noticed with you over the years is you have this great passionate focus and you just drive and drive and drive and you keep going. And yeah. that's what's made you very successful. It's made you... Uh, really good at what you do. Um, 
you know, back to the book I was telling you about with the uh, weird morning routines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every great artist, every great composer, every great uh, uh, engineer, scientist, they were not balanced people. They were people who were very passionate and focused in one area. In one area, And yeah. they did that really well. And then everything else was fine. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know that the rest of their lives were completely falling apart. Right. But they focused on being the absolute best at what they did. Gotcha. So I think that, uh, you know, we can take a lesson from that, that if, if you want to be the best car mechanic, then you learn everything there is to know about cars. If yeah. you want to be the best uh, yeah. uh, stockbroker, you learn everything there is to know about that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you should neglect the rest of your life. But I think life also gives us clues and has threads that where you can take success from one area and move it into the next. Uh, very well said. Very well said on that. Well, so, you know, currently we were talking about what you do um, with uh, Lifetime Fitness now. Mm -hmm. And let's talk a little bit more about that. Like, let's get more into that role. So you, you do leadership training. You, you're on the road quite a bit. Um, let's talk about that. Yeah, so I, I'm really fortunate with the position that I have. I uh, am home every other week. Um, and then I, when I travel, I primarily travel Tuesdays through Thursdays, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, but I'm home on the weekends yeah. Uh, yeah. on my travel weeks. And I'm really fortunate. I w currently work with six different uh, clubs, helping to elevate the leadership and the uh, whether there's a financial or some sort of metric that we want to improve. Okay. Uh, and so I, I, I'm just blessed to have this opportunity to go in uh, to different markets, different areas, and meet with people. Uh, some of that is through group trainings. That's, a lot of it is through one-on-one -on -one, uh, meetings with people and helping to uh, analyze the business, break it down, or to get into the mindset piece. Uh, in fact, okay. I've had a lot of conversations as I uh, have been in this new role with our leaders pushing the boundaries of their mindset. Where are they stuck? Where are they in that fixed mindset? And what does it take to open up and to yeah. see uh, and move into that growth mindset? Uh, so it's a great job, a great yeah. opportunity. It uh, keeps me very busy. Uh, and it's uh, <laughs> it's very rewarding and very difficult at the same time. I think that's part of what makes it rewarding is it's yeah. a challenge constantly. Well, it's kind of like that's your wheelhouse too, really. I mean, it's kind of what you do um, even outside of that. You've always been a leader, you know, in the way you do things. Yeah, I've naturally drawn, you know, been drawn to, to things like that. I think, um, you know, early on as a kid, I... I, I was always the smallest, you know, me and, and my friend Lee uh, that I grew up with, we were the two smallest kids in school. Mm -hmm. And so uh, being the small kid with this uh, big, puffy, curly hair, uh, <laughs> you know, that was something that I did, didn't always lead to self-confidence when right. I was young. Right. Um, I, I, I questioned, why am I like this? What, why, do I, why am I the only one with this curly hair? Why am I the smallest kid? Why yeah. am I not strong like everybody else, you know? And so uh, that changed, I would say, probably uh, late junior high, high school. Something just mm -hmm. clicked inside of me that uh, I really valued the uniqueness. I valued yeah. the fact that I could see things a little bit different than what people could see. That right. artistic eye made me very observational. Um, I valued my uh, crazy curly hair, and I grew it out and had a big Napoleon Dynamite-style afro, and I loved <laughs> <Yeah>. it. And <laughs> so uh, early on, I think like most kids, we, you know, we deal with self-esteem issues, and I right. did. Uh, and I saw all of my uh, weirdness and strangeness in there like we all have. Right. Uh, but then probably <laughs> junior high, high school, I had an opportunity to just 
awaken to this other uh, side and say, hey, these are these are not bad things. These are part of what makes me unique. And so once that happened, I think I naturally gravitated towards uh, leading people and wanting right. to be that. It, it had always been inside of me, but yeah. wanting to help people to improve their lives, to be better, to feel good about themselves. And so, you know, I, I from that point on, it just has, has always been a desire and something that has woken up inside of me. Wow, that's amazing. That's so cool that you get to do what you love, right? Right. Yeah, yeah very fortunate. Yeah, very, very fortunate. It's kind of a rare thing, unfortunately, that a lot of people are doing things maybe they don't really want to be doing. And yeah, To yeah, see I think you so. doing what you love and what you're passionate about and what you're good at. I mean, that's got to be really fulfilling for you. It's fulfilling, and I, but I will say, you know, it's not all roses. Right. Um, and I think that's the thing that sometimes when I talk to people and they'll say, oh, this is great, you know, you can go teach and you can uh, help people and you can educate and you can, you know, work through the business and do those things that you're passionate about. But passion is something that I've worked hard on. You know, I have a passion and I have a drive for these things because I work at those. And oftentimes that comes through resistance. It's like you and I used to talk about back in the day. Um, When you're lifting a weight, you're lifting against resistance. That's the way your muscle gets stronger. It's the same thing in every aspect of life the challenges that we have are what make us stronger. Now, I don't think we need to make our lives more difficult. I think that the, you know, <laughs> life gives us enough challenge as it is, yeah, right? Yeah. But the, uh, you know, the job that I have, I'm very fortunate to have because it is difficult and because it's within the, the you know, framework of where my passion and my drive is. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Steve, that you said that because, I think people will say, "Oh, you got you, you love what you do. You got so everything's just perfect and fine." And but there's still the challenges. There's still setbacks. There's still days where it doesn't feel like it's the thing you love the most, and it's difficult. It's like this mountain you're climbing sometimes. Right. So I'm glad you point that out. Is it's not always just everything's perfect, and I'm you know, I I'm still getting stretched, and I got to grow. And some days I, I I might have a rough day. And oh yeah, know, absolutely. Right. I, I think back. Uh, a week or so ago, it was just one of those days where I thought, "Oh my gosh, I'm I've got to be the worst person <laughs> in the company right now. I've got to, I'm so bad. What am I doing?" <laughs> you yeah, know, right? Uh, because I think sometimes when when you're working so hard at something and it just doesn't quite come the way that you want right. it to, the results uh, yeah. don't quite come the way you want it to, um, and you make mistakes and you mess up here or there, uh, that. Those are the times where um, it, it's important to pause and reflect and live that examined life and say, okay, so it's not going the way that I want. Great. That's life. Right. <laughs> so I got to keep moving forward. You know, <laughs> welcome to life. That's one of the things that my dad taught me <laughs> that, I, uh, that I, I've that i stuck with the rest, <laughs> of, you know, ever since. He, uh, he gave me a great uh, bit of wisdom early on where he said, hey, if it is to be, it's up to me. Mm. And I love that saying. I've taught yeah. that I don't know how many times since yeah, then. You would share that with me I, all the time when yeah. we were training. <laughs> so nobody is going to make your life better. You you have to make it happen. You yeah. If you want to get in better shape, it's up to you. If you want to improve your finances, well, everybody's done it. That's done it the same way. They've learned about it. They've studied. They've disciplined. They've done, you know, their success leaves clues. And so you learn about it and you do it. 
And so on those mm. bad days, on those days where it just doesn't feel good and you feel like you're getting kicked in the gut, right? Um, I, you know, it's important to just stop and say, hey, this is this is normal. Welcome, you know, welcome to life. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always going to be easy. Right. So <laughs> you, you just yeah. got to keep pushing through and, uh, yeah. you know, th- there, there will be better days. Yeah, I love that. Well, you know, I think another thing that you, you keep alluding to and you've talked talked about as well is the, the you know your purpose. Right. Right. Talk about the importance of that. Well, in, I think in, that's in our lives. To me, that's everything. You know, um, I I've taken that overall purpose and I've broken it down into the different areas of life. You know, I've mm-hmm. written out a uh, mission statement that's been modified several times over the years. A vision for my life. Yeah. The core has always been the same: to transform millions of people's lives. Well, then you go down from there, and I and and I draw these concentric circles around where my life you know is and, yeah. and and goes out from there and so i think about my wife and i think about my kids and i think about my family and those that i'm working closest to and if my life is moving in a direction that achieves that purpose then i feel good if it's right. not then i have to pause and i have to say okay where have i gotten off what, what is it yeah. that i'm doing that has caused me to go in a different direction because we all lose side of that from time right. to time oh yeah but i think that a great leader said that you know the most important uh word in the english language is remember mm. and i've i've loved that that's stuck with me for uh probably 30 plus years yeah. since i read it uh that if we can remind ourselves of a few key things on a regular basis life's going to be a much easier thing. And so part of what I do when I journal is I go back to my purpose. I go back to the question of what's the most important thing. And if I've lost my way in some areas, I don't always sit and analyze it. I just say, okay, well, I messed that up. So let's get back. Yeah. Why why worry about how I got lost? Let me get back on the path. Uh, I think... I think there's some value to be uh, in in the examination process to say, okay, if I'm off track, how did I get here so that I don't do it again? Right. But oftentimes we get what we call analysis paralysis. Yeah. We just don't move forward because we're yeah. analyzing too much. And that's been a problem of mine where I finally just say, all right, doesn't matter. I just yeah. need to move forward and get back aligned because as soon as I'm aligned to my North Star, as they say, as the old uh, yeah. sea captains would align yeah. their their compass to, yeah. uh, then I I'm going to be moving in the right direction. Well, again, very well said. And I think when we analyze too much, I notice at least with my clients is that it ends up turning into where they start playing the victim. Right. Right. They yep. start beating themselves up. Jeez, why do I keep screwing up? It's like, okay, made the mistake. Okay, let's. What are you going to do to get back on track right now? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where, um, I, I love that you say that because we tend to victimize and then excuse ourselves yeah. when we do that. Because if I find the reasons why, that's only a valuable tool for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. If I know why I did what I did, great, I can learn from it. But if I continually tell myself the story of why I did what I did, now it's an excuse. Right. And I, I'm a big believer in self-accountability and just wherever I'm at, yeah. Hey, going back to what my dad taught me, if it is to be, it's up to me. Well, I've got to be accountable for those things. I need yeah. to account for where I'm at in life. And it's because of my actions, my thoughts, my uh, beliefs. I, that That's why I am where I am. And right. so once I tell the story and come up with the excuses, now it's almost like I've separated myself into two different people. 
And now gotcha. real me that has this vision and this focus for life isn't running the show, isn't driving the car. <laughs> Excuse me is doing it. And mm -hmm. so I think we, it, it, once we've analyzed if that's appropriate, then we use that as a tool to say, okay, now I know so that I won't go back. Yeah. Now I'm going to realign with what my purpose is so that I move forward. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Well, you know, if what, if there's someone listening right now and they're struggling and they're trying to find, I guess their, what their purpose or they're struggling with, you know, leadership in general, that they're, they're not quite being a leader that they think they would want to be. And, you know, what advice could you give someone who's just maybe struggling, just trying to, to get, you know, kind of where you're at right now in your life. We're doing, doing what you love, finding those kind of things. What would you say? Um, I, I would say the first thing is to get moving. I think that far too often we try to sit and meditate, think through <laughs> all of this stuff and yeah. uh, life doesn't come to us. You know, our purpose doesn't come to us. Uh, I, I found my purpose through a lot of trial and error. I found my purpose through mm. moving quickly. Yeah. And so I would say first move and then observe, you know, as you're, as you, as you start working in life to m move in the direction that you want to, maybe you want to improve your, your mindset so that you're not constantly victimizing yourself. Yeah. Uh, live life and pick up books and read and listen to podcasts that are aligned with your goal of improving mm -hmm. that one thing. And then observe what your patterns are. Observe what you're doing. Yeah. If you uh, want to get in better shape, start moving. You know, if you want to improve your relationship, start moving, talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get out there, talk to people, make the mistakes. The only way we get better is through moving forward and then observing along the way. If something didn't work, all right, well, welcome to life. That's right. great. It's not always going to work. And yeah. so now observe and say, well, how can I fix that? Gotcha. And so it's, it. um, you know, we, we all make mistakes all the time, constantly. Like, you know, you and I talking here, yeah. I know before the podcast, you'd sent me some questions and I went through them. And then afterwards, I thought, well, hey, it's going to be a conversation, and I'm sure I'm going to screw up a million times, and that's okay because yeah. the intention is there. If I'm moving in the right direction, and I observe in life, then I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to be moving in the right direction. Yeah, on a constant basis, right? So, yeah. I think for those that are struggling, um, it, it's just start moving, observe, and then at some point, when you've asked yourself the question, what is my purpose? Uh, there, there may be a big resonant time where you say, mm -hmm. okay, now I get it. What I found Todd though, is, uh, through a lot of my coaching clients, yeah. they don't always have that big aha moment and that's okay. Yeah. They may have a moment where they say right now, this is what I'm here for. And that's great. And that's a step that gets them going in the right yeah. direction. And then as the season of life changes, then their purpose changes as well. So I don't know that it's always this aha moment. I think sometimes it's a building process. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it, but it happens through movement. Yeah, no, very good. Get up and move, move forward. I love it. Well, you know, if if you could give us a challenge, because one of the things when I, when I was um, training with you, you always would leave me with a challenge. I yeah, mean, like yep. I even said at the very beginning, I like I do twenty five more. I'm like, I thought you were crazy. I'm like, there's no way. I'm fried. I was. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and another thing, I got to say this too, because this is a cool experience. I mean, I have so many stories about you, but I'll never forget, we were looking at the, you know, if you go to a fitness center, um, they have the dumbbells all lined up and they're usually right up against the mirror. Mm. And I'll never forget, 
we stood at the 40 pound weight and then we, you and I, and you said, Todd, look at the 40 pound weight. Now look down where it goes from 35, 30, all the way down to two and a half. And then you said, see that, that is no longer a part of you anymore. Hmm. And then you said, now look ahead, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. You go, that's your world now. You're not going back in this direction. And it was just, for me, I've never forgotten that because it wasn't just about the weightlifting. It was more about just life in general. Like, I'm not going to settle for, well, I'm going to go back down to the 10-pound weights and I'll just curl those all day long. You're like, no, dude, you're curling 40s, dude. And you're going to curl the 45s and you're going to do the 50s. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, dude, I cannot curl 50. (laughs) And you're like, no, you are. This is your world now from now on. And anyway, such a challenge. And so I want to bring that up because I want to give us a challenge, give our listeners a challenge that will cause them to stretch and grow and expand on their belief system that may be holding them back. Yeah. um, And before I do that, I want to tell (laughs) us Paul Harvey used to say the rest of the the story. Okay. So I remember after that, uh, I don't know what it was, a couple of weeks or whatnot, Uh uh, I came walking down the stairs into the weight room and here's Todd cranking out 50 pound dumbbell curls or yeah. 55s or whatever it was. I mean, it was some astronomical yeah. weight that you hadn't gotten to before. Yeah. And um, I just looked over and you looked at me and I remember like us, our, our yeah. eyes connecting, you yeah. put it down and you were so pumped and yeah. we just shared this really cool moment uh, because you, it, it wasn't just that you had achieved something physically, yeah. the mental work to get to the physical accomplishment yeah. that you had done was just unbelievable. Yeah. And again, that's a testament to your focus. That's a testament to the hard work that you put in. So there's a lot of yeah. great ideas out there. There's a lot of great challenges, but you know, I think what you did a, a great job of is you took them on and you moved forward moved and forward when you move forward yeah. with it. You got better mentally. Yeah. And I think that that's an important thing. And one, if I were to give a challenge, I would say this. As um, I, I think it's a biblical passage, passage that talks about uh, that when when I was a child, I acted like a child and spoke like a child, yeah. and when I became a man, I you know put childish things away. Um, so I think that there is a point in time where we have to memorialize our growth. We have Mm -hmm. to say, okay, this is a moment where I won't go back. Never again am I going to do this. Never again am I going to say this. Never again am I going to allow this to happen. I've moved beyond that. And so Mm -hmm. if my challenge would be to make a list of two or three things, so it's a really short list, obviously, (laughs) make a list of two or three things that you can say never again to. What will you never again go back to? Are you accepting a certain level of lack of commitment in your life, a lack of commitment in your relationship, a lack of commitment in your health? Are you accepting a belief that you just know is no longer serving you anymore? What what are those two or three things? And then once you've identified what those two or three things are, ask yourself the question, which one of those is the most important thing? What is my one thing that I need to do right now? Once you've identified that, Figure out how you're going to step forward and just say never again. And I think that, you know, in in life, we don't think about life 
the way that we should oftentimes we think about time rather than moments and our life is made up of moments when these moments are memorialized they become memorialized in our mind because we tell a story like we're talking about today right yeah or we write it down or we make an event out of it you know um so I think that the key is once we've identified, once your listeners have said, hey, here's the one thing that I will say never again to. Well, then you have to figure out what are you saying yes to? So if I'm no longer going to do this thing, what am I going to do? And find a way to memorialize that. Do you write yourself a letter? Do you go out oh, to dinner? Cool. Do you? Yeah. Um, how do you create this amazing moment so that you can say, I'm no longer going to be this type of person in this way? It's amazing what happens when we do that, you know, because yeah. we, we think in moments, right? When yeah. you think back, some of the best moments of my life, I was talking to my kids and my wife about this yesterday, our marriage, when the kids were born, those are moments I remember. There were aspects about them that I remember, yeah. but I also remember moments that I created. And I think that that's an important piece for, for the listeners to say, okay, now that I know my one thing that I will never again do, what am I going to do to move forward? And I'm going to memorialize this moment gotcha. so that it, it, it is the thing that I just will remember for the rest of my life. Yeah. Wow. I love it. What a great challenge. And, and it's simplistic as well. And I love that, too, because well, I'm not know, a very smart guy, so I have to keep it simple. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Wow, dude. I, I'm telling you, this is, I could go on all day with you. This has been an amazing experience for me. Brings back a flood of amazing memories I've had with you. Uh, you have taught me so much, and I don't know if I even, you know, told you back in the day. I hope I did. I think I did. How thankful I am for you, and for what you've taught me. And I, like I said, I use some of the same principles you taught me. I teach to my clients. I teach it to my kids. I'm trying to live them the best that I can. Right. And I, I just want to thank that. you, Steve, for being who you are, and for the for the influence and light you are in this world. Yeah, thank you. I mean, yeah. uh, you, you're like a brother to me. I, yeah. I, I can't tell you how honored thank and grateful you. I am uh, that you've asked me to come on here. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, you've been an inspiration to me as well. And I think thank it's, uh, like I said before, I've really been fortunate to, to brush shoulders with a lot of amazing people. And you, you are yeah. certainly on that list. Well, thank you. That means a lot. Well, um, if people wanted to reach out to you and want to get to know you better and, or ask you a question or anything like that, what, what would be the best sure. way for them to get a hold of you? Um, well, so I, probably a few different uh, ways. Okay. Uh, I've got a, so my leadership blog, I update every once in a while. It's not something that I do on a regular basis. It's more so of a, hey, if there's a concept or an idea that's really striking me, I'll put it up You'll there. You'll put it out there, yeah. And that's uh, leadercompass.blogspot.com. Great. Um, and I'm sure we can link this in the podcast, yes, right? Yes, for sure. Uh, if people want to find me on Instagram, it's just Steve Cutler with a uh, underscore right at the beginning uh, or the end. I can't remember. Anyway, but type in Steve Cutler and yeah, it's on pour. there. Um, <laughs> or you can find me on Facebook. Uh, those would probably be the easiest ways sure. uh, to, to find some of my writings and some of the things that I've done. Okay, great. Well, there you go, listeners. What an amazing story. Again, I just pinch myself that I get to sit across from amazing people, and you're definitely, like I said, you're on that list. You're at the top of that list with me. Um, you're inspiring, man, and I know this is going to inspire a lot of people. And, and listeners, please you know, after you've listened to this, if you know anyone that needs to, you know, a little pick me up in life or some principles that will help change your life, share it, get, you know, put it out there for everybody to hear this 
a wonderful story of Steve. And again, Steve, I can't thank you enough for taking yeah, the time. Thank today. you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Okay, there you go, listeners. Enjoy, and until next time.